millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big <coughs> Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me here in the studio as we get ready to celebrate the fact that Charlton are in the playoffs, I think, is uh, Nathan Miller. How are you doing, Nath? Living the dream. Well, after Saturday, possibly even more so. I'm yeah. really still nervous. Are you still, still nervous? Yeah, I still ah, am. I, just, I, could, I could see Plymouth winning like 5-0 or something. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll go through the permutations. Yeah, exactly. uh, I've, again, I've made an Excel spreadsheet. Joining <laughs> the, the two of us here to... Uh, uh, enjoy my Excel spreadsheet. It's Mark Newby. How do you, Mark? I'm calmness personified. Yeah. Right? Uh, uh, you, do, you, do you agree that we're there? Yeah. Yeah. I do. There we go. Yeah. Go on. Get out, Nate. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I can't be the only one who's nervous. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Looking through Twitter, there seems to be uh, a lot of people who's nervous. I mean, if, if you're still nervous, let us know at uh, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive if you want to have your say on tonight's show. Uh, on tonight's show, we will be hearing, of course, from Lee Bowyer looking ahead to Saturday's game at Rochdale where we can mathematically uh, clinch our playoff plays. Obviously, mathematically, because it's the last game of the season, uh, the last game of the regular season. Um, so we'll, we'll hear from Lee Bowyer talking about the game, talking about Tariq Fosu, talking about Suli Kaiko. We're also going to hear from Mark Marshu, who's telling us how confident the squad are going into what could well be uh, our playoff campaign. We're going to hear from Steve Avery, the academy manager here at Charlton, because obviously the uh, under-18s are in the PLD2 final uh, tomorrow evening here at the Valley against Palace. They're trying to win that for the third season out of four. And then finally, we're also going to hear from Greg Ingham. He's a Rochdale fan. I spoke to him on the phone last night just to find out all about uh, what the Dale uh, have, have got going on, because obviously they need a result to stay up on uh, on Saturday as well. So it's not just Charlton who will be looking for points to try and uh, clinch something. Rochdale will be as well. But I mean, the result during the week's gone for beating Plymouth by two goals to nil <coughs> as far as I'm concerned Nate, I mean, <laughs> as we've discussed you are the aforementioned bottler of the show yes. but we believe that that means the Charlton are now in the playoffs barring a disaster <laughs> yeah I mean I don't, I don't think we're going to lose I don't think we're going to lose 4 or 5 nil or anything I can just see Plymouth literally going gung-ho and getting a couple of early goals and they might go on to win 4 nil or whatever and then I mean they're fighting for their lives down there Dale aren't they and you know I don't know. I still, <laughs> it's bad because like Tuesday after, like you said, after the game, I went one. They went one nil up. Then I went out and I come back and saw it was two nil. And I sort of started jumping around. And I started thinking, well, this is Cholton. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is Cholton. A third, a third goal. I was, I was hoping for a third goal in, mm. in in injury time just to really seal it. But I mean, so so I mean, if if we look at the the, the permutations, I mean, they need a, a five or a six or seven goal swing depending on how many each team scores and how many each team's conceded because um, they they need to if they're going to be equal on goal difference with us, they need to have scored more goals than us over the season. I think they've scored four less than us. Uh, before the start of two lesson, uh, sorry, before the start of the day, we've scored fifty-eight. They've scored fifty-six, but they are behind us on goal difference by six. So all the maths adds up. Mark, I can see you there doing the maths in your head. Don't worry, I've got an Excel <laughs> yeah. spreadsheet. But I mean, I mean, uh, did you watch the game? On, oh no, you were at the cinema on Tuesday. But yeah. when, when you came out, did you think, well, that's it? I'm happy now. Yeah, I was. I think it's you know, ideally, possibly a nil-nil draw would have been okay. But I'm I'm, I'm glad to see Scunthorpe won. Because I'd, I'd like us to, to have faced Scunthorpe in the final at Wembley. Yeah. Um, and I th- think it'd be a bit of fate for Plymouth as well. They were the first team to inflict a defeat on us in the season. And um, no, I'd, I'd, I'm fully confident. I can't see us conceding four goals. Um, but I can see, you know, I agree with Nathan, I can see Plymouth scoring a few because I think Gillian have nothing to play for. But the way we're playing at the moment. You know, because I know Rochdale have to have to win really to stay up, but they're they're coming up against you know a team who's we're, we're banging form and it's 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 rare for for us as fans to go you know what we're actually pretty good at the moment. Hmm. So 
Yeah, it is rare. It is rare. But, I mean, you, you <laughs> mentioned that, that you mentioned there you would have preferred a nil-nil draw on Tuesday, but that would have meant that Plymouth could have caught us with points, which is the worst kind of way to be caught because we've got a good advantage. On yeah, but then it's sort of like bring Scunthorpe into it as well, and then I think mm. it's when it comes down to it, Scunthorpe have got Bradford. You know, so that's not a given. Mm. Bradford have been picking up some results recently. So if more teams have got something to play for, I think it may make that general a bit more interesting. Mm. If everything's done and dusted by the last day of the season, I think that sometimes it can be a bit dull. <laughs> right, well, I'm, I'm quite happy for it to be dull as long as we get into the, uh, <laughs> the playoffs. Right, let, let's, uh, let's hear from caretaker boss Lebo. Uh, Saturday will be his 10th game in charge, uh, Sky Bet, pay up. Um, so, uh, so, uh, but he's obviously looking ahead to the the game uh, with Rochdale on Saturday, and he was asked if he believes that Charlton are now in the playoffs. Yeah, um, like I've said for the last, well, from the beginning, really, that it, it's in our hands, and even more so now. Obviously, a seven goal swing is is a massive des- uh, deficit. So, um, yeah, but we can't get complacent. Obviously, with We've still got to carry on this momentum that we've got at the moment, and uh, so nothing can change for us at all. Six wins in nine games have given Charlton that strong momentum you just referred to, including wins against Fancy Shrewsbury, Portsmouth, and Blackburn. A perfect time to hit form. Yeah, yeah. I think any time is a good time, but if you're coming into the stage of the season that we're at, and then you, you're going to go into the playoffs, obviously you want to be on that winning momentum so uh, yes it's a good time and and the the lads are in a good place so obviously it's it's better than going in there in a negative state so uh, it's it's, it's all good you know there's there's nothing I can complain about and those six clean sheets during your time in charge have proved crucial to Charlton's goal difference yep um Whoever's played in the back four and obviously the keeper. Keeper's been outstanding again on Saturday. He was outstanding. Um, Chaco's been working with the back four. More so when we play Saturday, Saturday, you can do a bit more work. Like today, we'll do some work. Chaco will take the back four and like the defensive midfielders and um, and then I'll work with the attacking players. So, um, Chaco's done a great job and, and obviously when you're putting your body on the line like they are now then then this you've got more chance of keeping clean sheets and um, you can keep clean sheets with the players we've got you win games Rochdale Satter's opponents need points for reasons of survival they produced a spirited performance in their FA Cup battles with Tottenham so there'll be no pushovers no no team's a pushover in this league if you approach it in the right manner then you we can win the game, but they're going to—they're at home. They need points to stay up, and I have no doubt it'd be a tough game and it'd be a physical game. But I have no doubt with my players, we—we we, we turn up with the with the right attitude and we respect them with the respect they deserve. So, uh, so it should be a, an interesting game. And your selection options have they increased since last Saturday? Um. Obviously, we want to keep this winning feeling going, but at the same time, I, I think I'd be stupid not to have half an eye on on Thursday's game. So there will be changes, you know. I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. So, but at the same time, I, I, I don't want to make too many and, and then change things around too much. So. Uh, but there's, there's certain people I want to see play. Some people need minutes as well. Because you, you just don't know what happened. We keep picking up an injury at least one every game now and losing someone for two or three weeks. So I've got to look at other people and, and see whether they can do the job that I might require at a later stage. Bit of a selection dilemma for you then? Uh, not really. I decided yesterday. I watched Rochdale yesterday and then... Well, I watched them in a couple of games yesterday and then I, um, I've probably made my mind up now what I'm going to start with. So, uh, yeah, but it's not a dilemma. I, I know that whoever comes in, they know what's, what's expected of them and, and they'll give us 100%, I know that.
But you touched on Thursday's game yeah. without being presumptuous. Yeah, well, obviously, like we said, it's, it's a massive deficit, like seven goals. So if that happens and something's gone seriously wrong, uh, and that's without our scoring as well. But yeah, I have to prepare for that as well because Saturday, Thursday, turnaround is not ideal. We'd have preferred the other leg, but it is what it is. And uh, so I have to try and keep some players fresh for that because, like I said, a massive, massive opportunity for us. So there's Lee Bayer talking about the uh, upcoming game with Rochdale and how he has to sort of think about how he's going to manage the squad. Now he's talking about uh, the game on Thursday. Now no- nothing's set in stone yet in terms of where we're going to finish because as you know, mm. I expect us to finish in the top six and as Bayer said there, there'd have to be some sort of disaster for us not to. But I mean, we, we don't know. I think we're two points behind Scunny so we could overtake him with a win um, and-, and end up finishing fifth in which case obviously we'd have to play Rotherham. Um... It, that's if they lose because their goal difference was very good. So if they lose to Bradford and we beat Rochdale, we'll overtake them. Now, if that is the case, then we'd end up playing Rotherham and, the, and we won't be playing on Thursday. So I've got the the, the, the the dates here. So if we if we finish sixth, so if we don't overtake Scunthorpe, we'll play this Thursday, 7.45pm here at the Valley. So a week today, uh, if you're listening live, against Shrewsbury. And then the away game will be on Sunday the 13th at 5.15pm. Um, whereas if we do overtake uh, Scunny and finish in fifth and play Rotherham, uh, we'll be at home on Saturday the 12th at 12.30pm, uh, away on Wednesday the 16th uh, up at Rotherham on 7.45pm. So that's the date setting. So now Lee's Bowie is obviously talking about uh, planning as if we are going to play on Thursday and therefore it sounds like it's going to be some sort of rotation sort of about Joe Rebo and Sully Kai Kai in particular today that, that we're expecting possibly to, to play a part. Yeah, um, I think it, it is um, it is wise probably to get minutes into some legs that probably haven't had so much time, like you say, Ariba. I don't know if Nabby's fit, um, but I wouldn't like to change the back four because I think they've been immense. But if if you know Paddy or Jason are carrying any knocks, I wouldn't want to risk them, especially if first because it's only going to be you know five days, six days till the next game. So, um, but yeah, I think I don't know. I don't know if Zyro will get a run out. Maybe I mean he looks sharp in training mm. but yeah like you say it's, it's an ideal opportunity for Lee to do something I think I think we I don't think change the whole team but I think maybe two or three just to freshen up like Duke still give him a go maybe but um, yeah we'll just have to wait and see I suppose yeah, I mean, how, how much uh, how importance do you put on momentum to take into the playoffs mark and therefore I mean you'd be tempted to keep a winning team not change uh, too much if you don't have to but at the same time you've got players like Aribo who have played well before you know, uh, going out of the team due to injury and then can't come back in because Cashy started playing well since he's come back from injury. So how important is it perhaps to, you know, how much emphasis you put on mixing it up to keep people fresh or not changing a winning team in order to try and find that momentum we've had and then take it into the, into the playoffs? Well, I think what you've got to tap into is that it's a group of players who are all going the same way, all pushing the same direction. So people are coming in, working hard, um, I think if you change it with maybe three players, I'm thinking Zyro, Dick Steele and Rebo in, um, I don't think that's going to affect it because you've got the players who are going to just drop down to the bench. They can come back on. Um, it's a it's a bit thing with J- little Jay on the left because obviously Paige not being there to cover. So temptingly might put Nabby on the bench. Um, I, I agree with Nathan. I wouldn't really change a back four, but then I'd, I'd be happy to see Dick Steele go in because I, I like him as an attacking player. Um, possibly he then, he then moves Konza into the middle and gives um, Jake a rest as well. If he's mm. thinking he's going to play a Rebo, play a Rebo and Konza in the middle, you know, rest Cashy because he's literally just come back from his injury. Mm. So I'm I'm not worried about him changing it up wholesale. Um, I'm just thinking because the players are all there. He's got he's got them ahead. He's got them working hard because they know if they come in, if they work hard, there's a there's a big prize at the end of it getting to Wembley. Mm. So. How do you think the game's going to be on on Saturday, Nate? Because obviously, <laughs> you in particular, at the back of your mind, you just mm. got, what happens if Plymouth go 2-0 up early yeah. doors at, at Gillingham and then we're a goal behind all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden it gets nervous. I mean, how, how do you see, I mean, especially be, because we're sort of, like, most of us think we're pretty much there now. So men, mentality-wise, how do you think the players will be going into this one? Um, well, I think uh, they're going to have to be on top of their game management because I think, Rochdale have got a win I think they're going to put us under the cosh 
um, from the get-go. I think, remember last year when we drew, drew four all up there, we couldn't handle uh, Calvin Andrew, which is why I'm not too comfortable in saying put like Ez in the middle uh, in, as centre-back because he was at centre-back last year and Calvin Andrew gave him a run-around. But I think Rochdale are going to start fast. I can... I can envisage Plymouth going up early. I reckon there'll be a guy go all up fairly early because Plymouth have got nothing to lose. Plymouth can go to can go to Gillingham and put three up front. There's 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 nothing for them to do. They've got to score goals. So, mm. and I, I reckon there's going to be early goals in the in the Plymouth game. And I think Rochdale are going to come at us, which could, could well, help us. us. Yes, because we're on the counter. Us, yeah. But it, it, it just depends if we hold our metal. Yeah. And if anything, because you say you Plymouth have got nothing to lose, but mm. they've got something massive to gain, and that's Derek Adams mm. finally getting his, his uh, lap of honour because <laughs> he refused to do after after the last home game, he refused to do a lap of honour with the fun, players man. because he said they were going to do that in the playoffs. And now after they lost on on Tuesday night, he's probably thinking, "Oh man, I missed out there," uh, <laughs> which is yeah, which is fair. Now you, you say like Rochdale desperate for points. So I say a draw a draw will only be enough for Rochdale if Oldham lose. Uh, away at Northampton because a uh, goal difference will, with that draw will put them above. Otherwise, Rochdale probably, you know, even then they could win yeah. and still go down if if Oldham get the win at, at Northampton. So they're they're going to be desperate. I mean, I, I spoke to to, to the, oh, the Rochdale fan yesterday, Greg, and and he sort of implied that he, he just wonders if they'll try and keep it tight for a while and then try and hit us. But yeah. I mean, do, do you think they'll do that, Mark? Or do, or do you think I'd, they will come out I'd, and just I'd try and play I'd, straight away? I've got this feeling that we're going to score early, and I think that will deflate them. Um, and I think we can go on. You know, quite comfortably, and if it gets back to Gillingham, that uh, we've gone one up, because the Gillingham f- uh, players uh, fans are going to let the um, Plymouth guys know. Yeah, just to wind them up, wouldn't yeah. they? Yeah. So yeah. It, 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 it can happen both ways, and I, I don't see, you know, we, we've a couple of times when we've been on our game and we've started quickly, we've looked so dangerous, and we've we've got people who are, like I say, gagging at the bit at the moment. I'd I'd think, you know, I think we've got to be. It's, it's, I know it's like I say it's rare for Charlton fans to be positive but I think you've got to be positive that we've got you know as many permutations as can be fate's in our hands but I, th- I mm. think we've got the players who can I do mean it. the odds are in I think I saw someone put up tweets of odds and I think the the odds of us to not finish in the top six now are 66 to 1 I mean the, the, the bookies are co- as confident as I am uh, you know, Nathan's the only one who's, uh, I, I, who's getting ready to pay out on that. That'll be our cashy back bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I might do it as an insurance bet. <laughs> yeah, I'll pay for the amount of all like the five different hotels you're staying in. in Rochdale. <laughs> Paul Glover tweets in saying, Bowyer seems confident but not arrogant. Hopefully that will rub off uh, on the squad. Special mention as well to Max and John Brown. Is this in, uh, in France as well? So even though he's on his Ollie Bobs or, or overseas, he's uh, enjoying the uh, the show. So thanks for that. Uh, Max, we've got an email in as well uh, from Thomas. Says, Evening, gents. One last hurdle before our playoff campaign begins. Rochdale will be a very tough task on Saturday. I've watched several highlights of their recent games and they've been very unlucky not to win against Bradford and Wimbledon. Uh, They have an array of young, energetic midfielders, Humphreys and Camps, to name a few. I'm expecting a hard-fought draw. I'm glad to see that Bowyer has decided to rest a few players as Shrewsbury have already been doing that over the last few weeks. Rochdale fans seem to be uh, apprehensive about being on TV as well as our fans. Uh, I'm a bit concerned, however, that if we do finish sixth, which I think we will... uh, uh, we will have a free day, a free day gap between both legs, whilst the fourth and fifth uh, have a four-day break. Not sure how that's fair. It'd be interesting as well to see how the play of the year dinner goes on, uh, on Monday. Be on if, we're, yeah, if we're then playing on the on, on the Thursday as well, because yeah, normally I mean, the players are. Uh, you know, drunker than Nathan at all times. So, um, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. it. And, that, and that's something quite impressive uh, in, in a way. So, there we go. Looking for I mean, people. Yeah, did, did anyone just see, think about the TV curse when that came up on the, in half yeah, time of this comfort game? Yeah. Well, no, because you're thinking the last time we were on TV, we had all the protests going on and we won. We, you know, we, well, both, no, both. last time we were on TV was last season away at Swindon when we lost 3 0. And, uh, and and then Russell Slade got sacked. That's when yeah. the Jose got beaten up by the corner flag, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and who was it? It was uh, yeah. was it Danny on Twitter uh, who, who was doing the the wavy thing with his oh, son, yeah. the little Jay Cartwright thing. Yeah, that was funny as well. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, we'll, uh, well, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live. We'll continue looking ahead to the Rochdale game in, in thirty seconds. <laughs> 
with that. It's been freaked on by uh, McGuinness. Yes! Jose! And it's in! And out of nothing, Charlton are ahead. It was a long ball forward by Ben Amos, flicked on by Josh McGuinness. But Jose was away and left-footed. Out came Luke McGee. And McGuinness, uh, Jose slotted it past him into the open net. And as you say, a cagey start. I thought either team would be happy going in at 0-0. But out of nothing, Charlton have taken the lead, Terry. So welcome back, this is Charlton Live, it's a big match preview here on Maritime Radio. Just a quick word for the weekend, uh, obviously so Charlton are playing on Saturday evening, 5.30 kickoff. I should probably check that before I go, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so at Rochdale. Uh, that means uh, we're all staying over and we're also travelling back on the Sunday. There's not going to be a Charlton Live on Sunday uh, because it's the Player of the Year dinner on Monday evening. Now we will be broadcasting from the Player of the Year dinner, but again, it won't be live. It'll be a recorded podcast that I will uh, endeavour to get out that night. Um, so uh, at some point in over Monday night, Tuesday morning, you'll have our our, our um, podcast from the Player of the Year dinner, which will be f- packed, packed full of player interviews. Uh, it's always a great evening as well. So if anyone's coming uh, to that, make sure you find us. Uh, we'll be the table with all the microphones, which will be quite obvious. So come over and say hello uh, if, if you want to as well. But yeah, so no no live show on Sunday evening. We'll be back on uh, Monday via a podcast. So Monday night, Tuesday morning. So that'll be uh, ready for you. Uh, Roger Tra says, uh, playoff aside, the bloody takeover has been derailed until the end of the season. The rat, uh, rat man wants more money if we go up, uh, for goodness sake. Now, I don't know if, uh, if any of you saw the Sky Sports story that came out just before we came on air uh, their, their Sky Sports are saying that the, the Charlton takeover won't happen until the end of the season because Roland wants to know what division we're in uh, before he agrees to a sale and obviously you know we're not sure how, if they're bang on on that Sky Sports you'd expect them to be fairly confident before they put something out but obviously there's so much uh, so much difficult information going around with that we, we're not really sure but I mean it's, it, 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 as, whereas we're trying not to like we say derail the playoff bid I mean that, that will to certainly derail the start of next season because like I said well, you want you want planners being in place already even if we don't know what division we're going to be in yeah it's, yeah, it's interesting because if we did you know the uh, if the unexpected happened that when we do win at Wembley will we get through the semis and go through Wembley so negative aren't you well no you know it's like, come on in March none of us thought that we were going to be <laughs> in this position come on no, no I don't believe anyone if anyone says yeah I know we're going to make the playoffs absolute tosh but yeah if it did happen yeah it would be interesting to see who we get um, or because Surely, like the, the scouting system, they've looked at both scenarios. They must have done, or I'd be worried, <laughs> like usual. But yeah, yeah I don't. I don't, surely they'd have something in place mm. to, for both divisions, especially with budgets and that. But then again, we don't know who's going to be in charge here. So no, not at all. Right, let's uh, continue looking ahead now. One man who uh, has suffered with fitness over the last few weeks, and we were worried how much of a miss he was going to be, of course, is Tariq Fosu. So Lee Bay was asked today uh, about his fitness going into the next couple of weeks. Hopefully we'll have him back for the final, but there's a lot of football to be played between then, and um, it'd be nice to have him back. And if we're in the final, then it'd be a good, uh, good option to come off the bench, because he obviously wouldn't be able to start. So that's a bit of kick, uh, the kick in the teeth. Obviously, we knew he was unlikely to be involved in the playoff semi-finals. Now it sounds like he's not even going to be fit enough to start the final if we if we get there. Yeah, I take everything he says about people's injuries with a pinch of salt this season because mm. the last, you know, it's oh he's not going to be playing, he's not going to be fit. I wouldn't be surprised if he turned up and started on Saturday. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it, it. But I agree with both. If it's going to take him that long, and he's that player we've got to come off a bench. You know, that's mm. that's brilliant. I mean, I mean, yeah, he, he could be a great, a great. But say, say, twenty minutes, half hour left to go in that playoff final. It's you know, if we get that far and it's still tied or, or close, yeah. and we need a goal, then big, I mean, big pitch would yeah. suit him. You know. And and he'd be able to give a little bit that a little bit more energy without, and give as much as he wants without worrying about breaking down over the summer because who cares? Yeah, I, I, w- I wouldn't risk him in the semis. I just think, yeah, you know, he's a, he's our best player going forward and stuff. But we've done okay. With him not there, um, I think if we if we were chasing the game maybe in the second leg, then I'd probably think about it again. Um, but I mean, I mean, Alistair Frush said that he should be running next week, didn't he? Well, he's running this week, but he should be doing more intense running week coming up. So, like Mark said, 
don't know. I don't think Bo's, Bo's always said that he's not a physio, isn't he? So he's, he's running in straight lines this week, apparently. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> which is good. But I well, mean, yeah, but he'd be if to you're five <laughs> miles away from home now, yeah, <laughs> just keep running, just keep running. Like Simon Church used to, yeah. he just run. Yeah, oh, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, how, how big a miss will he be during the playoff mm. semi-finals? So we talked about how how we didn't really miss him on Saturday against Blackburn, but that was a very different game. Like we nicked a goal and we were defending. You know, it would have been useful as a, as an outlet in in the second half, perhaps. But I mean, how big how big a miss will he be? Particularly in the home leg, when it's up to us to go out and try and establish a league to take take into the away. Well, leg. I'd say it's another week on for Steffi to get back to fitness. You know, he's almost sort of like been forgotten about because Marshall's been doing so well, and then Fozzie's gone. You know, we've, we we all raved about Mavadidi, so you know, and having him, I think you know, he's a direct attacking, skillful player, and I think he, if he's had another week to work on his fitness. Um, I'm not too worried if Fozzie's not there, but obviously, you know, I'd, I'd love him to be there. He's not, so you make do with what you've got. I'd rather have Mavadidi than Kakai. I'd rather have crabs than Kakai. So mm. <laughs> you'd rather have what? Crabs. crabs. Right. Well, that's a that's a lovely image. Uh, let's hear let's hear what Lee Boyer says about <laughs> Sully Kai Kai's uh, time at the club so far. Kai Kai, he started a few games, but not really set the world on fire for me yeah. so but he, he might might play somewhere different the weekend if he's involved um, at some stage in the game he will be involved at some stage in the game so just have a look and, and see something different from him so there we go Lee Bayer admitting that he hasn't set the world alight uh, mm. Kai Kai, but, and, but he will be involved in, in some you know, way on on Saturday by the sounds of it, and again, so it's up to him. We, we we've said it before. Like it's up to him if if he is going to be involved. He probably him and Marshall have to fill um, Fosu's boots, really, don't they? Yeah, I, f- I think we've said loads of times on where well, I have, especially with with Fosu. The difference with Fosu is that he he can get the ball from deep and drive at defenders, which Kakai has shown very rarely. But that you know that he is probably capable of doing. It. Marshall's not one to sort of drive through the middle of the pitch. He's usually one to hug touchline, da da da. But it, it, I don't know. I don't if when he says he's going to play a new position, will he play more out wide? Um, I don't know. But Kai Kai does have it there, but he's just not shown it enough, which is disappointing because he he came with a good pedigree, um, and there was a lot of hype surrounding him. You know, teams from higher divisions wanted him or whatever. Um, and yeah, it's just he's just been disappointed. He's just not done it consistent and consistently enough. And I always find it if he plays against a team who puts it on his toes, he seems to go in his shell and go missing. Like the Bradford game, for example, where he played that well for yeah only twenty minutes. They put they put a big you know a big tackle on him, and he seemed to go missing and started hiding from the ball. So I don't know. Listen, I, yeah, he is Palace, but um, he's wearing you know he's wearing a Charlton shirt, and obviously I just want him to do well and obviously do well for the team. Mm. because Tom and I talked Mm. about this a few weeks ago and I said is it better to have a bad Kakai in our squad and not playing as opposed to him who have gone to another team and absolutely tearing this division alight you know say he'd gone to Plymouth on loan and Mm. he'd he'd scored 5-10 goals you know we could be looking up at them now so, so in a way, it might be like hoarding players, like Chelsea used to yeah, back in the Premier League pretty, days. Buy your rivals, yeah, yeah, we should do that. Uh, just buy all the good players in the league and then leave them in the bench. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, Will Bolland uh, says, uh, as he has done all the whole time, simply keep the faith, uh, keep it hard, we're nearly there. And he says, also, never forget the belowness and attach the photo of you, Nathan, tweeting that if... if uh, if something happens, if if, yeah. if Charlton get promoted and JJ scores the winner, then you're getting his signature, signature tattoo. tattoo I think Tom said he's going to do it with me. And I don't have a tattoo yet, either. So it would be quite a thing for that to be my first tattoo. I don't know where, but I'll probably put that to poll. If yeah. it does, ha- if that happens, obviously. Well, what part of your body it's going to be? Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll leave that I'll to the imagination. I'll decide what four for options, thank you. Yeah. Okay. You'll probably tell me forehead or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Roger Trask has just tweeted us in a photo of a crab, uh, which, uh, which we'll <laughs> oh, save for later. Right, Dirty man. Right, on uh, Saturday after the win against Blackburn Rovers, one of the star men from that performance, Mark Marshall, came in to speak to us in the press conference. Now, um, yeah, he played really well on, on Saturday. Marshall was asked uh, about the uh, sort of how, how the team's uh, feeling uh, ahead of the uh, the playoffs and, and agrees with Lee Bowyer that no one will want to play Charlton uh, if we do indeed get into those playoffs. We're very confident. I mean, for me, I think we've got one of the most talented squad in the league and obviously we had a few dips and 
a little bit of it, well inconsistency earlier on in the season, but now you can see the, the belief and the fight because, like I said to you, it's not all about talent. You know, you, sometimes you got to scrap your way to victory, and we're showing teams that you know we're, we're no easy pushover, and um, literally with with the fight, the hunger, and um, the quality that we have, I think we are a match for anyone in this division, and we proved that today. Yeah, I know you touched it really, but in the modern game, you often hear about footballers maybe sulking when they left out. Yeah. Obviously, you left out the, the whole squad. Yeah. I think it was Sun Court two yeah. years ago. Um, and came back against Shrewsbury. Yeah. Um, Bay has praised your attitude yep. um, you know, to come back and not really let, you know, kind of let it get to you. Yeah. Was that difficult to kind of just say from the start of being left out? I mean, to be honest, I've been through a lot of ups and downs in my life, you know, and the only way I've combated, the only way I've combated the downs is through working hard, you know. I, I truly believe that if I sit down and sulk, I won't get anywhere. So even when I was left out of the squad, well, I went to training by myself. I didn't have to go in. They didn't say I had to go in. I went in by myself and I just was practice and practice and practice. And do you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, you can't sit down and sulk and you got to create your own luck. You don't, you don't just get lucky, you know. You know, I don't, I don't think, you know, if on the Saturday when I was left out, if I was sulking, didn't come to the game, didn't want to do anything, that wouldn't really put me in a better position. Do you know what I mean? Whether or not he played me or not, I would still have that in the back of my mind. And he would still have that in the back of my mind. Can I really call on this person when, you know, things are, <laughs> I was going to say bad, 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 when our back's against the wall. So, um, no, listen, it's not only in my profession, it's in every profession. It's in every walks of life. You have ups and downs. And it just depends on your attitude towards it. You know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to face more downs. You know, this ain't the end of it, but it's about that bounce back ability. And that's what separates a lot of people, you know, in life in terms of where they end up. Because everyone goes through that. There's no one in this room that could tell me that, oh, life's been rosy and it's been plain sailing. You know, everyone's faced challenges. But the reason why everyone sitting in there is in there is because, you know what, when all those challenges came along, you decided to push back and ultimately you're here. So you had the discipline in the playoff final last year with, with Bradford. Does that sort of make you extra determined to get back there and put it right? Yeah, of course. I mean, um, I've had three playoff disappointments against the same team. <laughs> it's uh, strange, but, you know, obviously it happened. I mean, it's one of the best, it was one of the best days of my life in terms of, you know, being out there on the Wembley pitch, every kid's dream and stuff like that. But that losing feeling is... It's, you can't even explain it, especially when you have people running and jumping in your face, and you know you can't even do anything. You just got, <laughs> you just got to look at them. But no, you know, hopefully it's fourth time, fourth time lucky. Been in the playoffs three times, and I've lost all three. So hopefully we can get in there, and you know this would be the year for me and the team. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To his right hand side, Dick Still. A little bit of space, Dick Still. Chance to cross, gets the cross in. Gyro's there, just cleared away, but it'll drop to Page. Might think of a shot here, Page takes it. It's a goal! What a goal from Lewis Page! Lewis Page has been out of action for over a year. Came back at Blackpool and only lasted a few minutes. He's first real touch of the game, sees him slam a shot into the top left hand corner. And Charlton had the lead. So welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. That's Mark Marshall there. 
uh, sort of uh, saying about how, how no one would want to face Charlton. He mentioned, it, uh, as we said on Sunday as well, that he's uh, been in the playoffs three times and, and lost to Millwall every time. So thankfully, we're not playing Millwall. Uh, he's obviously, uh, that's probably why he signed for Charlton. The Millwall curse is strong in him and that brought him here. <laughs> Uh, but it's good to hear from him. And again, you know, with Fosu out, he's a player who could be very important for us in the in the next uh, the next few ga- uh, few games, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he was um, brilliant against Blackburn first half. I thought he was everywhere. You know, doing doing almost like the work of three people. And uh, you know, so I think he's he's starting to show us what we know he, he's capable of. Mm. So. No, I I I like him, and I think he's he's going to score one of them, mm. you know, one of the back of a net roof blasters from about thirty yards. So, mm. don't, don't know when, but he'll score. Yeah. I think he'll score in the semis. I think he needs a goal. Yeah. He definitely he deserved a goal on that on Saturday. Yeah, he did. But then yeah. until he fell over when he fell over the ball, which yeah. was, I felt sorry for him. For yeah, him. of course, talking about how um, he he feels that the, well, him and Bowie are both said that no one will want to play Charlton. I put it out onto a poll for the semi-finals saying who do Charlton fans want us to play because you know I, I, I'm not really fussed. I couldn't really pick between the two, and that's been pretty much reflected in the poll put on Twitter. So uh, as of time of recording, 556 votes. Uh, 48% say Rotherham and 52% say Shrewsbury. It's Brexit numbers here. Mm. Um, so no one really knows. No one really cares. I mean, you look at the two teams, can you decide? We've beaten Rotherham twice, we've beaten Shrewsbury once, Oops, but lost yeah. them at home. Um, I, I'd go. I'd still say Shrewsbury um, because I know Rotherham, they've, they've sort of dropped form a little bit and Shrewsbury to an extent, but I think when you put the squads side by side, um, I still think the Rotherham squad's better and form goes out in my opinion form goes out the window in the playoffs because you're playing again there's just 11 v 11 and I think Rotherham have the better 11 than Shrewsbury apart from maybe Omar Beckles but um, yeah I'd, I'd pick I'd pick Shrewsbury over two rather than Rotherham by a long shot Mark have you got a preference? Um, I'd rather play Rotherham I think just to get there because I think you know we do have a hoodoo over them. I don't think they'd want to face us for a third and a fourth time. Because if we, you know, we play them at home first, you know, and we, we win comfortably, they're going to be like, well, you know, we're going to play them four times and get stuffed each time. You know, the job's half done. So I'd rather face them first and then see who we get in the final. Mm. Mm. Right, just had an email in from Ryan. Uh, I think he's our resident teacher up north, actually. Yeah, he says, Listen, uh, living up in Manchester, I'd been looking forward to the Rochdale game as the last game of the season since the fixtures were announced. And now even more so uh, a reason to go out and celebrate. I'll be meeting some Dale friends for a few drinks in Berry after. <laughs> uh, so you can rub in their relegation with, with Berry fans as well. I guess. So hopefully I'll uh, have lots to taunt them with. Although if we do relegate them and end up staying in League One ourselves, I'll be upset to have lost another local away day along with Berry, Blackburn, Wigan and maybe even Oldham. Cheers. Ryan says, P.S. We're doing speaking of listening assessments with our GCSE classes at the moment uh, and to see what made good speakers I played them a clip from Boya and one from Robinson lots of interesting differences uh, to discuss I can imagine that you can write a whole thesis on the difference between uh, Lee Boya and Carl Robinson right it's not just the first team that have an important game uh, this weekend tomorrow evening so Friday night here at the Valley 7 o'clock kickoff the Charlton Athletic under-18s are playing local rivals Crystal Palace in the PDL 2 uh, final, Professional Development League 2 final. Uh, Charlton are looking for a third win in four years. Uh, and I think they've, uh, they, they get to the final almost every year, it seems. Uh, they, they beat Leeds in the semi-final Saturday, thanks to Alex Willis's goal. Now, last night I caught up with Steve Avery as the academy manager uh, to find out uh, what he thought about the game going in. Uh, to tomorrow's game with Palace. Right, we're joined now on the phone by the Charlton Academy manager, Steve Avery. Uh, Steve, thanks for joining us on, on Charlton Live. It's obviously a huge game for the under-18s on Friday and a chance to uh, to top off another successful season. Yes, good evening. Uh, it is. Uh, we're looking forward to Friday evening uh, and the local derby, and, and, and but this time a national final against Crystal Palace, which... Uh, mean so much to both teams uh, but for us it's exactly what we would have wanted uh, to cap our season the opportunity to uh, become national champions mm. and for the third time in four years yeah you mentioned that the third time in four years there obviously Charlton fans know all about how successful the the academy is I mean I, th- I think the, the under 18s finished second in their league this season as well so that's the, yeah. they, they, they continually finish in in, in the top in the top few places, don't they? I mean, what do you think it is that makes the the Charlton Academy so successful? Well, that's a 
a huge question, <laughs> really, uh, and uh, I don't know whether I can give that answer just in, in this brief interview, but uh, obviously we, we're, we're delighted with, uh, first of all, the recruitment process that we've had in place here over so many years, and, and various uh, various people in the recruitment department have contributed to that. Um, so that's where it all starts, but then, of course, the boys come into the academy, and we try and make sure that we give them uh, a very good learning experience through uh, through good coaching, good quality coaching, uh, with obviously the qualified people delivering that. But uh, coaches, I think, who who challenge the players, that's important, uh, and give them the detail that players of this ability require, you know, to, to actually go on and become better footballers uh, at all ages. We're, we're very keen on, apart from the fact that we develop individuals, we're very keen on ensuring that our teams are competitive right throughout. We know that it's only called development football, uh, but nevertheless, you know, we do we do want to produce competitive teams. That's naturally something I feel is in young players anyway, and we try and bring that along in the right way, nurture it alongside the importance of individuals developing. Obviously, the uh, the amount of first team players who have come through the academy as well must make you really proud of the work that the academy do. Well, yes, it's it's the icing on the cake, really. At the end of the day, and uh, it, it gives not just me but so many people at the academy immense satisfaction to see a to see a young player, obviously, uh, step onto the first team pitch, represent our first team. Um, when he's been at our club and I believe the fans always look to see a homegrown player uh, come into the first team environment and uh, that pathway is there for our players you know the, the statistics prove that over over the last five to ten years really and, and Charlton has always had a very good reputation in that respect as well but it's certainly something that has driven me along over the years uh, to continue to uh, work and and stay at the club because I've uh, felt I've always had that uh, sense of reward for the work I've done, you know, by seeing the young players come through. And do, and do you think that makes Charlton a, a bigger draw for the the local talent in in the area to come to the club? When you think about the the amount of competition there is around in South East London and in London itself, when 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 young players see the the, the sort of hit rate that, that Charlton have for for te- for players going towards the first team, do you think that makes them more likely to come and join us? Well, it's a very competitive environment in, in, in this part of the world, that's for sure. Um, but, but there's a lot of a lot of players out there as well, which is why your scouting and recruitment is so important. But I think that uh, parents, uh, as well as the players themselves, you know, when, when they come into Charlton on trial, or, and the reason probably why they would want to come into Charlton on trial is that they, they see that there's a pathway here for players to progress and obviously be developed in the right way. Uh, and eventually go go towards our first team for sure, uh, because I think that pathway is just not so evident mm. at uh, some other clubs. So looking ahead to to Friday's game, I mean, I mean, if you if you think about some of the names we've seen in this game over the last few years, the likes of George Lapsley uh, lifting the trophy over the last few years. I mean, who do you think who's playing on Friday has got the you know the, the best chance to become sort of a household name over the next few years for Charlton fans? Well. Uh... Careful not to build players up too much in terms of you know giving them that uh, household name tag. I mean, first and foremost, I hope it's going to be a, a very solid team performance, a very competitive performance, which will be needed against a very good Crystal Palace team. Uh, and we'll be lo- looking for something similar to what we achieved at Leeds uh, last Saturday in terms of the togetherness and and, and clearly the ability that, that got us through. But there was a, a real steeliness about our, our play last Saturday, and I would look to. Sp- Look to see that that continues. Um, of course, I feel we've got uh, some individuals who can have a, gr- a good impact on the night. I mean, we had we had um, you know four players last night involved with the under twenty threes up at Bolton in, in their semi final, and uh, you know the likes of Albie Morgan, Alfie Doughty, Ben Dempsey, and Alex Willis will will be out there on Friday night for the under eighteen. So it may be one of those. Um, but as I've said to the boys all along this season, it's not just achieved by 11 players that step out onto the pitch. It's a squad effort and uh, overall a squad achievement. 
So, of course, the uh, the game is open to supporters to come down to season ticket holders and Valley Gold members can get in free. Otherwise, it's it's only three quid for adults, two pounds concessions and one pound uh, for juniors that you could buy on the night. So it'd be great to see as many Charlton fans down there as possible to support uh, to support the lads for their game. It'll be fantastic, you know, and hopefully the fact that it, it is a, a local rival coming down to the Valley might spur them on to come down as well. Um, but it's a national final and it, it, it's a chance to see uh, our under-18s, chance for our supporters to see, you know, who could be, you know, the next player to come through this pipeline, you know, into that first-team environment. And I think their support will be a great help on the night. Jada Silva and now forced to Kaski looking to whip the ball in and he does and it's a really dangerous ball all the way across and it's in come on super Josh McGuinness who has put on two goals in front they've been looking for that second goal they haven't really had many chances apart from the Aribo strike early in the second half the Charlton have doubled their lead There we go, that was Steve Avery uh, looking ahead to Friday evening's uh, game here at the Valley, the under-18s in the P Professional Development League, PDL 2 uh, final against Crystal Palace, looking to win it for the third time out of four years. Um, and it's always great. I mean, if you, so I've been down to, to finals and obviously, see, like, like I mentioned in the interview there, you see, you see the likes of George Lapsy playing and I think it, it must have been the PDL 2 final away at Brentford where I first saw Esri playing actually, thinking about it, Esri Konza. And so you go to that game, and, and it's the same with Gomez, who I saw play in a similar game against Southampton. I can't remember exactly what competition it was down there. But you, you go to these games, and you can I promise you, if I can pick a player, then you can mm. pick a player. You can pick out one or two and say, right, he he is going to make it. Mm. Uh, and that's why it's good to go. And Mike, you're going to be there here tomorrow night, aren't you? So yeah, you're looking I'm, forward to yeah, it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, Put one over on the Palace if we can. Yeah. Which, you know, du- du- double sweet. Mm. So. And I know, I know it's, so it's free for season ticket holders, as we said, and Valley Gold, but I know that they're, they're extending that to Palace season ticket holders as well. No, make it 50 quid for Palace fans if they want to come in. Sort it out. That's what I say. <laughs> right, Thomas uh, Roper's actually just tweeted saying, uh, in regards to who you'd want to play in the in the semi-final, so it doesn't matter if we want to get to Wembley and get promoted, we'll have to play the best teams left and uh, mean to uh, to beat them. I'll take either happily, although from their perspective, there's more pressure on Shrewsbury, who have all the expectation on them. Uh, after being part of the trio that they've run away with the league this year. Red and White uh, CFC uh, says, uh, on the news about the takeover, it's uh, on a positive Roland will be gone at the end of the season and then we can uh, start to build for a season in the championship. Come on, you addicts. So as we say, obviously confident that we're going to be the team that gets promoted. But you just have to remember that a lot of teams might have started planning already and you just don't know... You know, especially with Lee Bowyer sort of saying he's definitely not done any planning. You know, he said he said that in, in in interviews over the last couple of weeks. I just don't know how it's gonna how it's gonna go for Charlton. Right, let's turn our attention back to Saturday's game with Rochdale. Now, obviously, as we know, Charlton a point uh, will definitely confirm our, our place in the playoffs. Three points uh, will also do that, and may mean we we could even move up to fifth. Uh, a defeat would possibly still be fine for us as long as there isn't this this massive goal. Uh, different swing. Now, if you look at it from the opposition's point of view, a defeat for Charlton and a win for Rochdale is probably the only thing that will do for them, unless uh, Oldham, who are a point above Rochdale, but uh, with much worse goal difference, lose at Northampton, who are already relegated. So realistically, you know, Rochdale need a minimum of a point, probably all three, to, to have a chance of staying up in League one now i uh as we know we normally try and get hold of a journalist or a fan from the the opposition club it's a fan uh this week i spoke to greg ingham he's a he's a dale fan he told me what we can expect from uh keith hills men right, we're joined now on charlton live by rochdale fan uh greg ingham good evening greg how you doing how you doing yeah not too bad thank you yeah. not too bad yeah thank you for for joining us here on the on charlton live ahead of uh what's a very big game of course for for both teams on Saturday, Charlton hoping to secure their their place in the playoff, and of course, uh, Rochdale hoping to to survive on, on on the final day. I mean, you know, if if you look at the season as a whole, I mean, how, how would you sum it up? I mean, at, at the start of the campaign, did you you think you'd be going into the final day desperately trying to to stay up? No, I didn't actually. No, um, <clears throat> I would have thought possibly mid table. Um, 
I think in previous seasons we've actually just missed out on the playoffs um, once or twice. I think we finished ninth or tenth the past few seasons, and this one's been quite a um, a dramatic one. I think every week has been it's like um, what Keith said. I think they've been very much like snakes and ladders, like each week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, why do you think it's gone sort of off the rails this season? Um, I think hmm, some of the players that we brought in haven't quite done the business, to be honest. Um, and I think maybe maybe only one of our best performers from previous seasons has performed well, if you will. Um, I think it's individual errors. Um, one week, it's it's one. I think I can run through my, like a quick run through of what's happened. So basically, I think uh, our best player got a red card and he was suspended for four games. And the next game, somebody scored an own goal. And then the next game, the same individual um, gave away two penalties. And then the next game, the goalkeeper dropped a clanger. And it's it's different individual errors, you know, that have got us to this uh, final game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sounds like. I mean, I mean, which players in particular have stood out in, in in a good way at least this season? It's probably been. I could probably think of two or three, which are probably. I think two of them are unexpected. Um, I think one of the central midfielders, which is unfortunately is injured, um, Andy Cannon, mm. play, has played quite well. But I think he's sort of had to step up a little bit because of the situation that we find ourselves in, having to try and stay in the division. Whereas I think if we were, say, coasting mid-table, he probably would be relying on other players, perhaps. But he's had to get involved a bit more and he's had some really good man-in-the-match performances. But fortunately, I think he got a fractured cheekbone a few weeks ago, so he's he's out for this. He's been out for the season for a while. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and uh, and I was talking about sort of expectation earlier because obviously, as we know, Rochdale had su- that that incredibly long run in 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 the fourth tier in in, in League Two, um, and and yes. now and now obviously find themselves in League One. So, it, it does it is it sort of does it feel like they're sort of playing above where their natural level is, or do, are fans sort of got used to the fact they're in League One now and, and think that they should be striving to you know maybe even go a little bit higher? I think we are. I mean, history says we we are overachieving, really, because we've only been in League One. I can't remember what it is. Is it five? I don't know if it's five or so seasons on yeah. and off, if you will. It might be five or six. I can't remember. Out of say hundred and whatever it is, hundred and odd <laughs> years, you know. Yeah. So we are overachieving, and we don't really have a large budget. Um, so it's 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 a difficult one because some fans have. Um, shall we say short memories? Yeah. So I can remember watching like 15 years ago, and we were we weren't that great, and we were in League Four at the time, or whatever you want to call it. And you know, but it's just um, yeah. Basically, I think we're a little bit overachieving, but we haven't been playing that bad, in all honesty. So it's one of those, one of those, one of those seasons, I think. Yeah, and of course, you had that incredible cup run earlier on in the season where you took Spurs to a, to a replay at Wembley. I mean. As, as nice as that was, do you think the run maybe distracted a little bit during during the League One season? It did because I think after the so many of the games got postponed because of the cup fixtures, obviously having to be played on a Tuesday or and different things like that. I think for the last, it might be six or seven week. I can't remember what it how long ago it was that Spurs game, but we've been like back to back Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, and it's just. Mm. The players are knackered, you can tell, you know, and it's um, they're just making more mistakes, possibly. But um, I think at one point we were twelve points behind the relegate, the safety, if you will, mm. and then, and um, I think we're one point behind. So we have actually obviously just been uh, plucking along. With points, three points, one point, three, one, 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 and then just looking along, and we got there eventually. But as you say, I, I agree, it's probably um, not done as any good. Mm. I think up running mob sense, yeah. yeah. And, and and tell me about um, Keith Hill because obviously he's been at the club on and off for, for so long, and he, he's still like a bit of a fan's favourite. He is, yes. Um, it will be. Um, 
I think it is 10 years he's been on and off at the club. And he he just seems to find a good few players now and again from like the non-leagues or from our academy. Or even like uh, players that aren't hitting it at other clubs. You know, and he, he can see what they can bring to possibly start our starting eleven, and it just seems to do well on like a low budget, and and the fact that there are other much more popular teams in the northwest of England around us. You know, obviously you got Man United and City and Bolton, and even Blackburn, Bury, Oldham. There's loads of teams in the northwest, but now and again he seems to get the odd good player, and he's he's done it for quite a while. Yeah. Mm. And so, look, looking ahead to, to Saturday's game, obviously, um, it's, a, it's a huge one for, for both teams. I mean, I, I mean, how, how's your confidence levels? Because, obviously, I think you, you need to better the result of Oldham and they're away at Northampton who have already been relegated. So, I mean, you never know. Northampton might play with a bit of freedom. Are you sort of hoping for Oldham to slip up or are you more thinking, well, if we win, then we'll have a good chance? Um. I think it's it's sort of out of our hands almost because I think even if we win an Oldham win, I think we still go down. Mm. So um, it, it 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 would almost be simpler if we had to win um, because I don't know we we'd know it's going to be a difficult one because everybody's you know maybe the the, the staff the um, Keithill staff will be looking at certain scores and what what we need to do on that. I don't know if they keep in touch with it or not, I don't know. But um, I think if, probably to keep ourselves within a chance of maybe winning the game, we might need to play conservatively for a while and then maybe hit on the counter. I think if we were to really go for it, we might just get opened up and then they'd go once, two nil up or something. So we might have to just, you know, just uh, play conservatively for a while yeah. and then hit on the break. But it's going to be difficult to- so there's Greg there, Ingham, uh, Rochdale fan, who joined us, uh, joined me on the phone last night to, to give us a little bit of background information uh, about the day. Obviously, they're in, in dire straits and, and, and could well be relegated on uh, on Saturday. Um, it's a shame. It's a shame. I, I don't really care about Rochdale, but I mean, it's a shame in a way because it is a team I enjoy visiting. Uh, I enjoyed going up there last season. Nice ground. Uh, you know, I like clubs like them, Oldham, Berry. I like I like the clubs around Manchester. So if there was a way that we could win and then not be relegated, I'd be all up for it. But there isn't a way, so sod them. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, a bit, I mean, interesting for them. I mean, um, you know, the, they uh, they have had this difficult run. They've had they've had some bad. Like if you think they actually had a game against Oldham as as, a, as we heard there a few weeks ago, where they missed a penalty in the last minute as well, and then conceded two penalties to Cole Robinson's Oxford over the weekend, and you know haven't won in four now. I think three of those are draws. So I just, I mean, they'll they'll be absolutely desperate to try and get something on Saturday. Yeah, they will, Ben. We, um, you can, I think they've dropped. Yeah, they have dropped points quite late on in the last few weeks, like you said, and it is shame because obviously I'm not. Really, you know, if we win, obviously I'm going to be delighted. But it's never nice seeing a, a set, you know, a team going down because we've experienced it. But you can only look after number one at the end of the day, can't you? But yeah, yeah it'll be an interesting game whether whether they do come out at us or if they do play conservative. But hopefully they come at us like Mark said, and obviously we can catch them on the breaks. I think it will suit us a lot better. Yeah, Paul Chris said, Louis, loving the Rochdale fan interview. Could we have not got an even more gene- generically up north person? Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> crispy. Uh, yeah, right. Um, so time to look ahead as we have been doing but in terms of predictions now we just had a DM actually from someone uh, asking if your your season ticket covers the playoff game it won't uh, you'll have to buy a new match ticket uh, for, for that one if uh, so so just be aware that at some point the club will announce when they're, they're unlikely to announce when the tickets are up before the game on Saturday because that would be really cocky but <laughs> they, they will announce uh, not long after the game I imagine how you can get your, your, your ticket for especially if it is the Thursday game you'll want to act quite quickly uh, for that one probably be easiest to, to print at home if that is the case so, uh, so so keep your eyes peeled for that one Saturday then how, how are we feeling how, uh, how how do we see it going Nath? Oh, I'm going to go for a draw I reckon it's going to be two-two, <coughs> Desmond. I reckon Desmond, yeah. yeah. And then, so obviously that'll be more than enough for us. Yeah, yeah I think uh, could well could well be enough for for Rochdale as well, as long as uh, Oldham lose uh, over at Northampton as well. We're already relegated Northampton, so that, that'll keep everyone happy. Mark. Well, I'm confident. I'm positive. I think we're going to win three-one. I think Faye have to come at us. We're going to exploit the gaps behind them with our speedsters. 
And I think if if we get an early goal, their heads will drop, and then it will just be a case of us seeing how many we can put in the onion bag. Hmm. And so, I mean, we're, we're talking about whether we're going to do a cashy back. I think yeah. that's probably going to be our cashy back bet. Does, so. Yeah, we don't have a Didi first goal we scorer. Didi first goal scorer. Okay, so we're going to we'll put 150 that on. 150 to 1. 150 to 1, <laughs> excellent. So we'll put a couple of quid on that. Uh, every penny that we earn from that goes to the, the upbeats. And we did have a winning bet, didn't we? Like Plymouth. 20, yeah, Plymouth. Plymouth. We, we predicted 2 1, which I think we won about 21 quid from, but then we matched it to make it yeah. a, a reasonable uh, amount of money. So fingers crossed we'll, we'll get that result and that will win us. Uh, some money for the upbeats. Now, Mark, um, the, we haven't actually mentioned. Obviously, you're not going, but the game's on TV, so you're, you're going to be settling down to watch it. Oh, I'm just a porter. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, but with, with that, I mean, uh, there's a lot of people talking about the uh, the curse of, of Sky now. But the rest of our games this season are going to be on Sky because the playoff semi-finals and the final will be if we get there. So <laughs> yeah, I, I think the curse a few years ago was was valid, you know, and. Yeah, you mentioned about Swindon last year being particularly awful, but like I say, then I think the games where we protested and we won on TV, um, I think you could put that to bed. I think mm. I think it actually came down to um, Gary Nelson a few years ago. We got to thank the Nels. He 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 broke the curse. Mm. If, if my memory serves me right, was there way of Blackburn in the cup or something? Or? I, mm. I, 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 I remember it being Nelson who scored. Well, 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 and, we, and us winning, yeah. possibly Birmingham, someone so like that. So, anyone who's worried about the curse, don't be such a snowflake. We'll be fine. Right, uh, we've run out of time on this <laughs> evening's uh, big match preview. Now, uh, depending on where we land in the playoffs, we, 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 we'll, we'll let you know how we're going to broadcast a big match preview if we do next week. But don't forget, Sunday, there will be no live show because uh, we'll be travelling back still from Rochdale the night before. Uh, and also then the Player of the Year dinners on Monday. Again, we won't be live from the Player of the Year dinner because we don't have the uh, capabilities anymore, but we will be recording a podcast there, uh, which will be out as soon as possible on Monday night slash Tuesday morning. So uh, keep your eyes peeled on the podcast feed. There'll be plenty of uh, exclusive interviews in there. Don't forget, of course, because of that dinner, we also won't be on Love Sport Radio uh, on Monday, although I have emailed them and haven't responded to that. So if you want to laugh, tune in to Love Sport Radio on Monday at 9 o'clock and hear Alex going, where is everyone? Because they won't have arranged anything and we won't be there. Right, uh, we've run out of time. Uh, Nathan, thank you for joining us on the Big Match Preview. No worries, see you Saturday. Mark Newbury, thanks for coming in. You're welcome, enjoy your trip on Saturday. I will do, hopefully. I've been Louis Mendes. Thank you for tuning in to this evening's uh, Big Match Preview on Maritime Radio. Uh, I, I was going to say let's hope that Charlton seal their place in the playoffs but I'm already so damn certain that we have and I'm just going to say let's hope we have a lovely day on Saturday and uh, good luck to us in the playoffs Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.